Welcome to the Sarah Centrella Show. Join best-selling author, master life coach, and manifesting expert Sarah Centrella as she shares tips, tools, and inspiring interviews to help you create your dream life. It's time to hustle and thrive. Now, here's your host, Sarah Centrella. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Sarah Centrella Show. I am excited to launch season two. Um, and this is my first interview of season two. And yes, most people have season two right after season one. I took a two year hiatus, you know, what can I say? <laughs> it happens, life happens. Um, but I'm super excited to be back and having some powerful conversations, um, with people who are experts in all kinds of things and people have amazing stories to tell. Uh, and today is no exception. I am really looking forward to the conversation we're about to have. Uh, Christy Holt is on the show today. Uh, she's an author. She's a happiness hussy. I'm excited to find out what that exactly means. Uh, she's the author of Unstuck, and she is also a podcast host of uh, Create Your Happy Podcast. So uh, welcome to the show, Christy. I'm really excited to dig into lots of great stuff. Welcome. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here and to help you kick off season two. That's really exciting. <laughs> All in divine timing, baby. It is. You know, it's one of those things and you're a podcast host, so you know, so you're probably much better at being consistent than I am. I was, I was one of those people who started it in 2020 during lockdown and, you know, I wanted to do it for years and years and put it off and then finally did it. And, you know, then took two years off, but Hey, here we are. <laughs> Hey, you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> exactly. Well, I'm I'm really excited to dig into a bunch of stuff today. First and foremost, you, you got to tell me what's a happiness, Hesse. What is your mission in happiness? Yeah, well, you know, the, the happiness, Hesse term, I, I, it kind of came about organically. And I was chatting with my cousin one day and I was sharing with her this experience that I had had with our mutual aunt. Now, neither of us are really close to this aunt. It was just like sort of a, a like I, I see her like every like two years, maybe for like one minute, she drops off a card like from my grandma. That's it. And so she had popped by to drop off this Christmas card from my grandma. And I happened to be home, answered the door. She gave me one of those up and down kind of looks when she said, I see you on social media. And I had said, Oh, I hope, it, you know, I hope you were like yeah. inspired or something. And she just had given me this once up down and it was just like, mm -hmm. and I was like, wow. okay, so I'm retelling this story of, of this situation uh, to my cousin who was like, Oh, you happiness, I see you. And I was like, I am stealing. Ah, that. I like that. I received that. I'm gonna own I that. receive it. I'm like, all yeah. right, I'm claiming that one. And right. um, you know, previous to that, I still was on the same mission. I just thought that is a perfect terminology for the mission I'm on, which is ultimately to spread happiness throughout the world. And I know that you know, we change the world by changing from the inside out. And so that is my mission to help more people discover that this isn't out there. Yeah. It's in here. It's within oh, you. Absolutely. Yeah. It's not something you can hunt down. It's yeah. Something you gotta be still and find, right? Absolutely. So one of the things that I love to do on the show is just learn about people's backstory because I think everything on social media and just kind of out there is so curated to who we, you mm -hmm. know, are today or who we want to be today or who we want to present, uh, you know, ourselves as today, but everyone has 
a much longer unseen story that, you know, doesn't get the light. And honestly, I feel like that's what people are so hungry for. Like, how did you start? How did you get the ideas that led you here? Like, what was that journey and process like? So if you can kind of just take us back as far back as you, as you want to go as to kind of where all of this started for you, how did you get here today? Well, first, I just want to share um, in relation to your vision here, it's by going first and being authentically ourselves first that we lead the way. And this creates safety for other people to do the same. So thank you so much for creating a platform that allows, I don't know if it's just women, but at least for sure women to share their story. And because when we do, we give other people the permission to share theirs too. So I just want to say thank you. Grateful for platforms where we can do that. I have lots of little pieces, moving parts to my story as everyone does. You know, I didn't get into my fourth decade here without having some, some, I don't know if I can swear on your show. Right. Oh uh, yes. Trust me. This oh. is an E-rated show. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, you know, like we all have some shit go down, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I began, my people pleasing career began very early and it wasn't because of anything in my upbringing because I actually felt very, very loved and supported by by my mom and my stepdad, but there was, there was still some underlying need to like prove myself as enough. And I'm not totally sure where that wounding come from. Maybe it came from ancestral stuff carried down. I haven't got a clue. Uh, I still am like picking away and chipping away at little parts of this that tend to rear their ugly head now and then. But as I said, my people pleasing career started probably really young. I was a perfectionist chasing student. My mom, you know, would tease me and say like, Oh, 97, what happened to the other 3%? And I know she wasn't serious, Yeah, but that's, yeah, (laughs) there I was striving for a hundred percent on everything. Then as you know, I finished high school and started to look at what I was going to do with my adult life. Well, my mom really encouraged me to go into accounting. I was good at math. I took accounting it was easy. It like just made sense to me. And I thought, well, okay, like, I guess this is like, she feels so strongly about it. I guess this is what we're going to do. So I became a professional accountant. And now if you know anything about accountants or you have a stereotype <laughs> in your mind about accountants, I mean, that's just thinking, was, yeah, that was going through my head for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's pretty clear in, you know, getting to know me a little bit that that probably wasn't the best path for me that, you know, I remember significantly on the first week of my actual accounting job, when I started doing the work, we had done some as a group personality assessments. And I think someone told me later on, cause I couldn't remember which one it was. I think it's the disc one from what I understand. Cause it was like colors. And I don't remember like the specific details, but I do remember that one of these things was not like the other. So everyone else was in the very logical analytical. I can't, I can't remember if it was blue or green. Right. Either of those colors would make sense to me. Um, but like very much like fits the stereotypical accountant, if you will. Right. And then there was me over in the yellow section, all by my <laughs> So I'm thinking, huh, okay, well, that's interesting. I mean, it didn't take me long in that career to really recognize that the, the, the parts of me that really served that job well were not recognized on the other side. 
because they weren't billable things. Yeah. I was actually really efficient at my job, which actually meant less billable hours. Yeah. 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 Problem. (laughs) Uh, I guess it's a problem to be super efficient. Hmm. And I really loved actually teaching and mentoring the new students. And so I always put my hand up to do any like new trainings or work with the new students. And I, I took it upon myself to, you know, give them as much knowledge as I could to make them better and eventually make them more efficient too. But again, the trainings are not billable time. And so as time went on, I could see that the skills that I really excelled at were not valued in that position. Long story short, because a lot of us need a big old slap upside the head to make a shift because once we're in something we're we get comfortable, we, we don't even realize sometimes how, how not a fit it may be. Absolutely. We just kind of cozy in, like we're like burritoed in our blanket on the couch and our jammies with Netflix. And we're like, well, I mean, it's not that bad. Right. Could be worse. Other people have it worse. Could be worse. Yeah. Yep. And I did that in my, in my marriage too, for a long time. So, you know, as universal, you know, smack up the side of the head kind of happened. I ended up leaving that job. I got let go on mat leave. Yes. Mm-hmm. I know that's, that's not really appropriate. We'll not talk about any like legal ramifications. Whole nother topic. Right. Um, but it, after I got past the initial, I mean, they had no, no reason Right. So it actually worked out very much in my favor because I ended up walking away with a severance. And, you know, from where I was standing, this happened, you know, again, like I said, while I was on mat leave, I'm holding my little, my firstborn baby boy thinking, how the hell am I going to leave this with someone else? Like we didn't have family here. So I was like, I was actually quite distraught about it when the universe was like, never mind, you're not going to go back there. You don't even have to worry about it. So it, it took me a minute because- it was a bit of a shock, right? It took me a minute. And then I was like, oh, this is actually the very best possible outcome. So thank you for making that all happen. And then, so fast forward a little bit longer, I'm going to go about maybe like 10 years, maybe it's not quite 10 years, five to 10 years later, I'm feeling very much in my marriage, like it's not really working. I got trapped, I got sucked into more people pleasing, putting everyone else first, you know, being the good girl, all that conditioning that we've grown up to be with nurturing and obeying other people and giving, giving, giving. But at one point I, and I call it lovingly just a mom, Mm -hmm. I was just a mom. I realized, Hey, I'm in people's phones just as my kid's mom. Like they don't know my name. That is not okay. (laughs) They don't know my name. They're just like, that's, you know, that's just so-and-so's mom. And I was just like, well, I gotta be fucking more than somebody's mom. Like I I know I'm more than just somebody's mom, more than just the labels. But I was really, really feeling quite stuck, which is this is why my book came about, Unstuck. Feeling really stuck in this, in this place in my marriage where I woke up anxious. Yeah, I went through the day anxious. My mind went wild with all kinds of crazy possibilities. So it's, it's no wonder I was so anxious. My mind was keeping me stuck in an anxious loop. And so it went on for quite some time. And I, you know, I complained and I blamed my, my ex, my then husband, I, I vented, vented to my friends excessively, but our communication was a big problem. And so 
well, that was a barricade there. I was off complaining and I was actually missing the point that <laughs> it's me. I'm yeah, contributing. It's tough. It's tough to see that mirror, right? And say, hey, yep. maybe what's going on is uh, a little bit of my A perception, the way that I am viewing it, right? And it's not, it, everything is not always everyone else's fault. And my doing, because listen, nobody disrespects you without your permission. Yep, exactly. So it was another, another whack upside the head. And I realized like, holy shit, like I'm the common denominator in all my problems. And that is a tough pill to swallow. So for a moment I was like, holy shit, like it's me. What have I been tolerating? I remember that moment. It felt, it felt to me very much like when you drive home, and you're kind of in your head and you get home and you think like, holy shit, like I don't actually remember stopping at any of the, the red yeah, lights exactly, or the stop yeah. signs, but I'm home safe. I must have. That's how I felt in this moment. Like, holy shit, it's, it's me. I, ooh, <laughs> Taylor <laughs> Swift. Taylor. I'm the problem. It's me. I mean, she really is everywhere. Now she's hacking our brains, right? <laughs> <laughs> totally. Come on, T-Swizzle. Well, yeah. she gave us something good there. So, you know, it, it was this like, it's me. And then at the same time, after I, you know, got past that initial sting of like, Oh, it's me. I was like, but hold up a minute because you know what? The solution is also me. Yeah. It's it's actually one of the most empowering things you can realize about yourself, like by far. Yeah. And so from there, everything really started to shift. Unfortunately, not so much my marriage, but me, I shifted. I started to really see things differently. I began to show up differently. I started to ask myself who I really was, right? Without those labels and those identities that the world had given me, I started to ask myself, what is it that I really desire and what do I deserve? Because up until then, I didn't feel like, like I, I, I don't know if I felt like I deserved anything different. I, I just really right. hadn't thought about it. I, I know that my self-worth was pretty low and I was feeling pretty stuck, but I hadn't really given it a lot of thought, like, oh, my self-worth is low right, until right. later when I was like, wow, okay. My self-worth was, I really was tolerating a lot. Yeah, yeah. I was tolerating a lot more shit than I thought. Yeah. And it was this like aha moment. And the more I got to know myself, which is pivotal, mm-hmm. like this being authentically you is so transformative yet we're scared to. We don't want to lose people. We don't want to hurt people. We're trying to be who we want, who other people think, you know, or what we think other people want us to be. We're wearing masks. We're trying to be perfect. We're trying to measure up and be good enough. And the whole system is designed to to make us act this way. So it's through no fault of our own. It's just the way things are set up currently. So if you're not intentional about doing something different, you're probably just going with the flow, autopilot, groundhog day, same shit, different day waking up feeling anxious every morning. Where's my eight cups of coffee to survive this day? So what gave you the courage to do something about it after you have this realization? And um, the universe helped you out a lot. It sounds like with that first big move or transition, it was like, no, your job's gone. So that wasn't good. You know, I call those earthquake moments. And a lot of times when our heart is not lined up with whatever the situation is that we're in and we've asked for more, whether consciously or subconsciously, but don't know how to do it or aren't ready to make those decisions. A lot of times the universe will send us an earthquake, shake it all up. And it's like, here you go. And most of the time when that happens, it does not feel good. feels terrifying. It's like the worst way to have a wake up call. But a lot of times, I mean, that's what happened to me for sure. And so that kind of helped you in that big, big decision, uh, kind of give you that kick, you know, but leaving a marriage is 
is harder, especially for a lot of women, especially for a people pleaser and someone with children. And, you know, so many will be like, well, we'll just stick it out till the kids are gone or whatever. What gave you the courage? Like, how did you leave the marriage? Assuming you did. (laughs) I I did. I did. It sounded like it just, yeah. Spoiler. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely did. And you know, it came with this getting to authentically know myself because as a result of just literally taking the time to inquire into myself, who am I? What, what do I want? What, what does my soul fucking long for? And how can I have that? Because I just felt like I had this knowing inside that I was meant for good, great, great, amazing. Yeah. 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 And I just, I was like, this is is it. it. (laughs) This is, this is, this is falling short. You know what I mean? Like, I really was like, um, hello universe. Like, I know, I know you have big plans for me, but like right here, it does not feel like it. But as I really took the time and really did this, like very intense self-discovery journey, I, I realized a number of things and it actually made me really question what I was intentionally creating in my life but also what I was intentionally creating in my children's life. And you know what? They're watching all of it and they're going to- They're not listening. Yeah. They don't listen to what we're saying. They are watching. And so I realized that if I didn't do something differently there, then I was going to be failing my children in that way too. And not in a guilty, shamey kind of way, just like that wasn't, I wasn't upholding the intention. You knew you could do better. And, you know, I was so stuck in that, should I stay? Should I go? I don't know. Like maybe I can like stick it out. It's not that bad, you know, for another 10 or 15 years or whatever it was at the time. I was like, Oh my God. Every time I thought about sticking it out, I was just like, I don't know what there would be left if this keeps on first of all, but I was terrified to leave and to make the wrong decision and to break up my family. Like it kept me paralyzed in fear for quite a while. This idea of like, my kids now are going to have to have like two homes and I don't know what the right, right. What battle the logistics, is going to ensue. I think are the scariest part for most women. There was so much uncertainty and yeah, it, it was paralyzing. The pivotal moment for me deciding like, this is, this is it, this, I can't keep doing this was when I really thought about my kids and what I wanted to create for them. And not just like, I'll protect you, keep martyring myself to protect you kind of way, but showing them because I realized that the role model example of a healthy relationship was not very healthy. Yeah. And I did not want them to, to grow up and model that in any way. I wanted them to grow up and I want the intentions I wanted were for them to find, you know, a partner that they love and can grow with that, you know, they have, they laugh with, they can be themselves with. And something I say regularly is like to, to not look for someone who completes you. That's Hollywood bullshit. Right. Right. But instead, first of all, show up as wholly yourself and then find someone who completely accepts you because that's where the magic lies. Like you're not meant to wear these masks. That shit is exhausting. Right. Yeah. So to be not only like accepted, but also have someone that is a partner that can grow with you, that respects you, that can communicate with you, that has a connection that the kids can see all of those things. If they're not getting that as a model, they don't know it exists, you know? Right. And that's just the thing. You know, I, I started to recognize that 
if my kids, if I was out in public and I saw a, a parent maybe yelling at their child, which sometimes you do, it makes me so uncomfortable. Like right. I must be taking on the the feelings of that child because it's just, I'm just like, <sighs> yeah, like I can just feel the energy shrink in those moments. And to my kids, that seemed normal. And so I started to see like this, this is a problem. Like okay. yeah. you should not be seeing people getting yelled at as any right. form of normal. Like that wasn't going to lead to them living their best life. Right. Right. <laughs> so I had to go first. I had to make what, what felt like the impossible decision to choose me, to choose me so that I could then, you know, actually live up to and, these intentions. I, wanted your kids. For my kids. I mean, yeah. I always, um, you know, I work with a lot of women, obviously, and you said something a minute ago about uh, really getting clear about what it is that you wanted. And that's one of the first things I tell women, period, whether you're in a good marriage or a medium or whatever the case is, do you know what you as a human being want? And I think a lot of people think they do, but women especially really struggle with that, especially oh, yeah. if you are you know, in those other roles, if you're a mom, if you're a wife, if you're this, that, and the other thing, like it's almost impossible for you to sit down and say, what do I independent of those things want for my life? Because you feel so guilty just for even having the thought, let alone trying to sit down and flesh it out. You're like, Oh, I'm betraying everyone I love just to have my yeah. own thoughts or my own desires or, or wants. but you have so to we're taught it's selfish. Oh, absolutely. We are taught that to have our yes. own desires is selfish from like when we're like toddlers. Absolutely. absolutely. That you're supposed to always put the other person first and you're supposed to think about your family. And, and I think like, that's such a, a pivotal piece um, of, of the part of ever getting to what your purpose is or what your true happiness is. Because if you're always kind of just going around, like you said, people pleasing, um, or stuffing your own, you know, desires down or your own voice down, how are you ever going to get to a place where you are being authentically yourself? And does that mean that there might be big changes ahead in your future? Yeah. And it might be kind of scary, but I've also seen it go the other way where it's, you know, made relationships stronger because you're being authentic and you're sharing and you're being true Absolutely. to yourself. So I don't want people to think like, oh, I don't want to sit down and ask me myself those questions because I'm automatically, you know, going to be headed for divorce or whatever. Well, I've that seen that happen on both, both sides. Like it can definitely, definitely was my story, right? Yeah. Uh, we were chatting just briefly before we went onto the call about how a couple of years before I actually left my ex that I had been working with a therapist and sat down to create this list, which by the way, this, this is magic. So if you haven't done this, whether you're happy in your marriage or not happy in your marriage or looking for love. It doesn't matter. Yeah. This here's something that you can go and do today. And if you need some help, reach out, get some support, make it freaking happen because this yeah. is going to change your life. I was working with my therapist and she prompted me to create a list of all of the things that I'm looking for in an ideal, loving, healthy relationship. Like what would be a perfect relationship for me right. now? As you might imagine, if you're out there and thinking like, I'm in a shitty relationship and I don't, I don't think my partner can do that. That was me. Right, <laughs> I'm like, right. I know what I you're don't You're filtering want. it through what you know. So you're like, I know I can't like, you know, make this person be these things, but that yeah. wasn't the assignment. The assignment that wasn't the assignment. Do it anyway. <laughs> yep. And so while I came at it with like, 
well, I know what I don't want. Like I'm very clear on what I don't want. She gently helped me to reframe it because while I had that initial resistance, you know, saying I I want to be with someone who speaks to me respectfully and who, you know, essentially what I started with, like, I don't want someone who yells at me. Right. Yeah. 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 She's like, what's the opposite of that? What's the opposite of that? Tell me what you want. (laughs) Yeah. And I had resistance around that because I felt the weight of this, this idea that it's selfish to want things for myself. Thankfully she convinced me that, Oh, actually I'm worthy of having my own desires and it doesn't have to mean anything about anyone else. And I was like, Oh, okay. So there, take that with you run with this, create a list. And if your list is all the shit you don't want, flip it around. What is the opposite? What would that really look like in the absence of that thing that you don't want, or, you know, a different version of it that actually feels better for you. Now, this isn't anything to do with like characteristics about the person. This is about your experience of it. How will you feel in this ideal relationship? You'll maybe feel cherished because your partner takes the time to listen to you. You'll maybe feel happy because you laugh together, even about the stupidest, silliest things. You'll feel wanted because your partner communicates to you, you know, their desires and you have open, honest conversation. And so some of these are just a couple of examples, maybe to get you going. And, you know, that's open, honest communication is everything. You know, I would say sometimes love alone isn't enough. There are some skills required and some effort required, not because relationships are, are hard or difficult or like a nightmare to deal with, but because you have to work at staying on the same team. Oh, if you're on not the same team, everything. And if you don't know how to communicate, if you don't have the skill set, like you said, yeah. and, and I a hundred percent think it is a skill set. And I think it's something yeah. that most people should put the effort into learning. Okay. What are the skills? How do I, how do I communicate with this person? How do they receive communication? Because like you said, love isn't enough, but it's a a great foundation. So if you have that and you truly care about the other person, then show that by actually figuring out how to communicate with them, not in the way that you want to be communicated with. You can ask that of them in return, but the way they need to be communicated with. It's like just a concept that I think goes totally un- unnoticed. Like people just don't pay attention to it. They're like, well, you should just get me right. This is who I am. Get me. Like, yeah. Come on, man. Put a little bit of work in. <laughs> and I mean, if we pause and think that's usually one-sided because we also, most of us would say that we're not mind readers and that we can't guess what our partner wants right. either. So not sure why we're holding this idea that like, you have to tell me, but I don't have to tell you, exactly. like, you should just get me the gifts that I want just by knowing me that well, right. right. Well, right you know what, that's setting yourself up for failure, to be really honest, because we we don't know. To be frank, a really immature way to look at it. I mean, that's like what a teenager would say. You're just supposed to know me, you know, like, come on, we're grown, do some freaking work, do some personal work, read a book, get a podcast, like, come on, let's grow. (laughs) Show up and show up for yourself. Like, this is the thing. I think a lot of people, they go into a relationship and they're, well, first of all, they're coming to the table thinking like, what can you give me? Right. And so that's such an ass backwards approach to a relationship. So if, you know, if that's crossing your mind, like, what are you going to do for me? What are you going to be able to give to me? What are you going to bring to the table? Well, hold the phone right. because it's probably not time for you to have a relationship. Yeah. <laughs> the truth yeah. is relationships are about giving. Yeah. And if you can master giving from love, 
without expectation. And this is applies for every single kind of relationship in the world. If you can give from a place of love, no strings attached, you are going to feel that love come back to you like a million fold. Right. I, I think real quick, I want to stop you right there because I think that's a very, very good point. Very interesting point. I think a lot of people struggle with it though, right? Yeah. Because it's, if you don't have the skill set to understand what is needed in return or recognize what is needed in return or have your list, you know, so that you can be like, Hey, I know that I want to be, I want my love to be reciprocated or, um, I want my kindness to be received and returned or whatever the case is. Then I think it is really easy for a lot of people to slip into that same old martyrdom of pleasing and I'm giving and I'm giving and I'm giving God, I'm so good to this person. And they're treating me like shit back. Right. So I think you're hundred percent right, but it is that there's a gray line there, right. That's really across over. If you don't understand that you deserve it in return. And if the other person is not giving it and not willing to learn how to give it, then you need to be okay with understanding that might not be your person, right? <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely. There's, I, I want to say to, to piggyback on that, there is a big difference between expectations and having boundaries yeah. or standards. Okay. Right. So having expectations is going to lead to disappointment if they're not met. Right. This right. Is like and, and also math. that type of expectation is usually coming from uh, a negative energy space. Yeah. So like you're giving a gift, but like deep down inside, if they don't say thank you, you're freaking the right way, the right way. (laughs) Or like I've heard people say, like, you know, they, they held the door open for someone and they're so frustrated that the person didn't even say thank you, the audacity. But what actually happens then is now you're no longer giving a gift. You're executing your part of a contractual exchange and the other person didn't know they fucking had a contract. Yeah. 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 So, you know, that kind of giving is no longer giving. It's not a gift any longer. It's a contract. So now expectations, um, we can let go of those, but we shouldn't let go of boundaries. (laughs) We want to have boundaries. These are not a wall. Like so many people believe that they're a wall to protect you, to keep people out. and, And they may have had this idea because they have, you know, maybe put their heart on the line and been hurt before. And so we want to protect ourselves. That's human nature, right? We're, we're wired for survival and that puts into question our, our very survival. So we want to protect our heart, but boundaries are actually not a wall. They're actually an invitation to come inward, to dance in a deeper connection with you. And so boundaries are actually a fairly new concept, I think just in the last few decades. So it's certainly not something our parents grew up with. It's certainly not something that that we were taught when we were young, this is sort of just like evolving as we go. And so I think there's a little bit of confusion there, but boundaries are really just stating what is and isn't in alignment for you. And you, you can't set them if you don't know who you are. So this all comes right back to this authentic you conversation, because otherwise you don't know where those invitations are. You don't know where those lines, you know, that could be crossed are. And I'll also add here that sometimes the line being crossed is the time where you have to recognize that is where I need a boundary. Yeah. If you don't, then you might be driving home and not knowing about the stoplights along the way and wake up one day realizing, holy shit, I have tolerated a lot of things that did not. For sure. I think, um, you know, that brings up a really good point of like, I'm a big believer in listening to your gut. Like, that whole thing is a separate process and takes a long time to hear it and act on it and all of those things. Um, but I think 
once you have under an understanding of this is how I want to be treated this and you already know how you don't it helps you create those lines or find those lines and a lot of people don't even know how to get, get to that point so that's kind of the basics of, of how you get there but then being able to not enforce them but respect them yourself enough to say wait a second that doesn't feel good that is crossing a line for me a lot of times your gut will help you with that right your gut is the thing that might send a red flag that might say hey listen to me this this isn't good like you're not following um that kind of core ask when you set out to the universe this is what i want and this is what i don't want like so can you talk a little bit about that kind of piece of it like how we respect our boundaries or get others to respect them if you will um in a way that and, and I feel like that isn't something you have to do forever I feel like initially when you're first learning this you definitely kind of have to do it around around the perimeter across the board probably in every relationship but then it does get a lot easier but how does someone do that initially if they were a total people pleaser and didn't know how I mean I don't know if we have time to go into all of that, but I, have, I do have a course that actually does go into a lot of that is all about setting you free from people pleasing so that you can live a life that is like a fuck yes, because yeah, that's the yeah. life you deserve. Now, like I said, it really comes back to getting to know who you are, what is and isn't in alignment for you. And essentially that will, will sort of, will categorize that as like things that feel really fucking good and things right. that don't. don't. Right? Yeah. Yeah. These are, these are the, the very sort of like broad umbrella versions of like, this is for you and this is not. And your body is telling you now, if you're really disconnected with your body, you may need to do some somatic work to get in touch, you know, with your body to feel those sensations. A lot of us may have been through various kinds of trauma, big T, small T. It doesn't actually, it does matter what the trauma is, but right. as far as the depth of the trauma, it's more your experience of the trauma and your processing after the trauma that have the bigger effect. So it could be a small trauma unprocessed leading to big things or, or vice versa, but getting to know what is in alignment for you and what is not will help you to, to define those boundaries of what is going to work and what is not. And let's throw in here too, in case, you know, someone's not overly familiar with how to make a good boundary. I don't like it when you is not a boundary. Right. Okay. That is your An personal accusation. preference. Yeah. That's your opinion. That's a judgment. That's a whole bunch of other things. What it's not is a boundary. A boundary is the next time you do this, I will respond by leaving the room, for right. example. So this is, this is all me. This is a boundary I can respect and enforce because it's not actually about the other person you see. Right. Yeah. And that's where I think a lot of the confusion is they're like, well, I'm telling them that I don't like it. Yeah. And they're well, still doing it. Yeah. <laughs> they're still doing it because there is a certain way to communicate things so that it's not just a judgment, blaming projection and, and basically going to start a fight. Right. If you do it the right way, you're leading with love and you're saying, listen, this is my heart. This is, this is how this is making me feel when, when this situation Mario occurs yeah. Yeah. and like, I, I'm not going to tolerate that. I deserve better than that. And so you do start, like you had said, by respecting your own boundaries and saying, yeah. this is, this isn't working for me and I've got to do something different and really taking the time to communicate that to people. I know it's uncomfortable. I know it's can be fucking terrifying because you think, well, I might lose them. Right, and right. truth be told, 
you might. might. There are there might. are ones that need to be lost. And I mean, but the ones that are hurting you, despite your best intentions to connect on a deeper level and allow them and invite them into your inner circle, the ones that are can can that continue to hurt you are not for you. Exactly. Exactly. That's, that's it. You're yep. not actually losing anything. You're actually probably. Uh, this will sound you're really callous, you're but you're cutting dead weight. Well, <laughs> like, not only that, but you're, you're gaining, right? Because you're, you're clearing your life of the energy yep. they brought to it, which had all kinds of probably toxic, definitely negative vibrations in it that penetrates other parts of your life. Right. So yep. when that is out, then you have space for that next level. And I see it happen all the time. It's happened in my life, multiple, multiple, multiple iterations, right. As I've grown and you know, like you have to have that open space for the next level of friend, you know, if you're dating, whatever partner, Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll tell you the next little piece of my story, uh, after my divorce, it was like a hot minute, like, a hot minute after I had split with my ex-husband that I met my current partner. Like I was not looking. I was so completely and utterly detached from it. I was like, you know what? I don't need it. I don't want it. Like, I'm just going to do me. I am whole. I am sovereign. I am like, just going to have the best fucking (laughs) life. And then boom, there I was one day running a marathon, literally, and he was the pace bunny and a pace, the pacer person. If yeah, people don't yeah. use pace bunny, sometimes people don't like what's that pace bunny. It's the person who basically runs holding a sign with your goal time. And if you chase them, you get it done. So I ended up chasing who is now my partner of over five years for wow. four hours and about four hours and 10 minutes. Wow. Uh, left him at the very end to sprint to the finish line for an epic, epic finish. I was just going to say, that's really impressive. I ran a marathon. It was definitely not that. <laughs> <laughs> it was my third marathon and I had set my sights on anything less than 4.15. My other ones were both around four and a half hours. And I was like, I can do this. Like it was a very flat course. And I was like, yeah. I can shave off the time. And I trained hard and I did it. I did it That's like four, awesome. four ten something. I can't remember the exact number of seconds, but the, the forget that the the true win was actually meeting this incredible human who honestly carried me through the last hour when the wheels were really falling off the bus. You know, you hit the wall, yeah. your legs hurt, your feet hurt, your brain is like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Right. And I was just trying to will myself. Like, I'm like, I know this can happen. I just have to keep moving forward. And my mind needs to stop with these, this crazy talk. And so I chatted him up. And of course, you know, he's like even more extra fit. So he's like, just jogging. Like it's nothing. I'm like trying to right. gasp for breath in between <laughs> questions, but you know, long story short, we just had a, like a very casual, like chat and kind of got to know each other a little bit. And I was so grateful that we connected afterwards as well, because I was, really so grateful right. that he helped carry me through that got a picture we exchanged actually instagram and started chatting a little bit and well the rest of the story wow, is kind five of years history. later look at that that's amazing five years later you know I, I would say that because we were both two whole people coming together that made the world of difference we were yeah. we weren't looking for someone to complete us or to fill in any gaps or to be our other half or any of this shit. We actually both accepted each other as we were as humans. Yeah. Well, and I also think it's so important 
And the way that you were talking about the list before, I wholeheartedly agree on because it's not a list about him or her. It is yeah. 100% a list about how do I want to feel in the relationship? <clears throat> how do I want to be treated? How do I, yeah. you know, what is my everyday like with this person? Um, and why does that matter to me? Like, why do I, why do I want that versus, you know, tall, dark, handsome, whatever <clears throat> the old, old school lists were. Right. Um, so yeah. I think the thing that's amazing about that is that you're able to manifest on a level that you never would have had you not done that before. Right. Because like, it's almost as if your soul recognizes those elements immediately when you're seeing them let's say you know kindness was one of your things or yeah. you know i wanted to be adored and that shows up through kind gestures or whatever your list was then it's almost like your brain's like ding 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 i'm seeing that here ding 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 you know and it's not at all necessarily about what they physically look like or all the other things that you used to maybe have in your head about it those recognitions or that match that magnetic match is matching all the things that actually matter and, you know, if you don't have that clarity, mm -hmm. you are fumbling around in the dark. And so there are people who are going to be not a match that would be very obviously not a match if you had this clarity, but you might entertain them. You might ignore some red flags. You might put up with some shit. You might try to make it work. You might even suck in your gut so that they don't think that you're too big for them for an entire marriage. Yeah, yeah. Right. And so the more you are trying to contort and mold yourself into meet everyone else's needs, the further you get from having what you truly want. And the first step is getting that clarity, because if you aren't clear on it, you might not fucking recognize it, even yeah. if it's right yeah. in front of you. And so I really didn't that's want true this. for everything, isn't it? Isn't that true? It for totally is. It's really everything, whether you're looking for your purpose or you're looking for, you know, the opportunities in your business. It doesn't matter kind of what the subject is doing an exercise like that put yeah. in subject whether it's you know your body image or how you want to feel like all of those things like try and strip away all the stuff that we were traditionally taught let's take body image for a minute you know you're talking about oh boy sucking, you sucking in your personal trainer too so let's try not to dive down the, the diet yeah, culture yeah. but it's just interesting because you know i grew up in a generation of Weight Watchers and Cindy Crawford, yeah. blah, 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 right? And and Dexatrim and diets were the rage. Like, who were you if you weren't on a diet, right? Um, yep. And so we were all taught like very rigid ways to either say your body is check yes or check no. Mm -hmm. um, and the crazy thing is, is you could be in the check yes box. I fit everything that society said I was supposed to be and feel horrific inside Still all the every single day. Right. Um, and so what I have learned, and I was the person who dealt with body issues my whole life, probably until my forties, really, where I totally started changing my belief systems in the way that I looked at that, um, and kind of did a similar exercise. Like I want to feel like this when I wake up in the morning, <laughs> it was so funny because I have the list actually in my wallet and I pulled it out the other day and hadn't looked at it in probably four years, five years or whatever. And I was like laughing, first of all, because some of them were too embarrassing to put on this podcast. But, you know, <laughs> I was things like, I want to get up in the morning and not, you know, have every part of my body hurt. I want to like, I'm really not going to go into the rest of the list. It was so bad. Um, but they were all actual things, 
right? Like real life impact things. It didn't have anything to do with like, I need to lose 10 pounds, hundred pounds, whatever, or I need to How be you want to feel? eyes. Like I want to walk up the stairs and have a conversation and not get winded. I want to, you yeah. know, all of these real impact things. And as soon as I started doing that and saying, I don't care what the pant size is or what the weight is. If I can do these things, this is a healthy life. This is what is going to make me feel the best. And of course, you know, getting on a journey, it was much longer journey, but the weight did come off and I did feel, I feel so much better. I feel like a different person than I did, but you know, it was a three and a half year journey. It was not the overnight stuff that I was raised with, but all of it was looking at what is the impact on my life and why do I want change? What does that really look like? How is it going to make me feel? So that then as that progression happens, I'm starting to feel those ways the whole time, right? I'm not waiting for some magical number to be like, voila, you made it. Now you should feel X, Y, Z. It just doesn't happen like that. It doesn't happen that way. It doesn't happen that way in love. It doesn't happen that way with happiness. It doesn't happen that way with your body. You have to be that, that version of yourself that you are longing for, you have to start being her now. So let's make this more practical because people are like, well, if I was her, I would be her, you know, and you have to like embody the, the emotions and the experiences that you want to have. So if you want to feel really good and strong in your body, think about what would you be doing if you felt good and strong in your body and go fucking do that. Right. right. If you want to be in a loving relationship with someone who can't keep their hands off you, well, who do you need to be? You need, first of all, you need to be someone who doesn't swat away their partner's hands. Right. Because you're, 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 you know, a little yeah, bit you don't feel good. conscious yeah. about your body or whatever else. You need to be that person and show up and experience those things now. Because here's the, the real thing there is, there's no way to experience a different future. It's all happening now. And so if you're pushing everything to like, I'll feel happier when I'll feel love, when I'll feel peace, when I'll like my body, when you're pushing it out for some, some time in the future that never really actually comes because the future continues to be in the future. Choose it now, be it now, experience it now, call it in now, imagine it now, whatever you need to do to get in the vibe of like feeling it and then taking action from that place with that clarity of this is who I'm, who I'm going to be from here on. Let your physical, you know, reality around you manifest itself, create itself into, you know, rearrange itself into fit that that's, yeah. that's how it works. It doesn't yeah. work where you keep chasing because guess what? It's like a fucking mirage. If I love you think that. You're chase it, mm, it, oh, there I know, it goes. It's going to keep moving. It's going to keep moving. I love that really quick. Um, before we wrap up here, I, the question that was on my mind, you know, when um, we were first introduced, and I was looking on there. Um, I love the, the title of your book, First Unstuck. And it, people need to go grab the book, get into all the ways that you can get unstuck. But I think the thing that stuck out to me, and you talked about a little bit in your own story, is how do you know you are stuck for the listeners who are out there who are like, I mean, I think it's okay. You know, I think things are good. Like, is there any ways that, that you have that help kind of wake people up a little bit or, or tools or tactics that people do to, to maybe check to see, like, is, is this not the life I'm supposed to be living? Am I stuck? I mean, if you're asking the question, am I stuck? You're probably 
pretty stuff, <laughs> first of all. Like, you know, it's like the question, like, I don't know if my relationship is toxic. Well, probably if you're having to ask the question, something is toxic. Up something's there, not great. Right? That's for sure. Um, and, and anytime, like, I think that it's very simple. If you feel like maybe there's something more for you, like there's a nudge, like, is this all there is? Like, it feels yeah. like there's something missing. Now, the thing is not missing outside of you. The thing is missing just inside of you. So it's a much easier, like, fix right, right, than you might right. think. You have to change your entire life. You just need to change your heart, your perspective, your beliefs, because your perception creates your reality. You know, an example of this is if you assume, say, that your partner is in a bad mood and is going to start right. a fight with you, guess what? You go in like defensive yeah. and, and you're going to, and they that. see, Oh, yeah. they're defensive. They're, they're ready. Right. So you end up acting from yeah. that space and that's not going to get you closer to what you want. Now in my book, I talk about what I call the spiral stopper method. And ultimately it's a strategy for getting out of the overthinking because I also had at one moment, this realization, like, I'm like really stressed out and overwhelmed. And then I realized what was doing that was my own damn thoughts. Oh, and I was yeah. like, if I could just fucking stop that. Literally um, like saying I'm overwhelmed all day long, just creates and yeah, a loop. And it keeps like, yeah, yeah. it's it making everything so, impossible, feel impossible. Yeah. Yeah. So to break out of that loop, I created what I call the spiral stopper method. It's really just like a pattern interrupt. And I have lots of tools in the toolbox. So I encourage people to develop their own toolbox. Yeah. But the thing is you, you have to plan this in advance. <laughs> like you're not at your greatest capacity when you're literally in fight or flight mode. Like you have to be intentional so that you have a plan. Next time this happens, this is how I'm going to respond. And most of us, frankly, we yeah. just don't do that. Yeah. We go through life reacting to the shit as it arises. And then feeling shitty about the way we reacted poorly to the thing that arose. And so this is ultimately about getting you out of reaction and into responding. This is where conscious yeah, creation yeah. begins. Yeah. And then I also have a companion journal that goes along with the book. It's not like, you know, you don't have to read them simultaneously, but the journal takes concepts from the book and helps you in practical steps also implement them. It helps you to go inside, ask the questions, learn who you are, you know, practice things that are going to move you forward. Gratitude, yeah. intention setting, celebration. These are things that you should, and I don't like the word should, but if you want to right. feel really fucking you amazing, yeah, if you want to feel like a million bucks, these are things that are going to help you do that. So no, you, yeah, I love that. you don't have to do them. Not you should do them, but you might want to, if you want to feel yeah. like a million, you bucks. want some change and we're all about change, right? We're not just about learning and having it go one ear out the other. I want change. So that's what the you, journey is about. Yeah. Thank you so much, um, Christy. And where should everyone go to find all this great stuff? Oh, well, you know what? You can find pretty well everything about me on my website at coachchristyholt.com. Uh, there's links to the book and the podcast there. I have a couple of freebies. I do have a people pleaser freebie on there. There's a free chapter of the book you can check out as well as my courses and mentorship programs. Amazing. And I'll put all those links uh, here in the show notes. And thank you so much for sharing your wisdom. It was amazing to get a chance to connect with you. Uh, thanks so much. And for everybody else, go out and hustle and thrive. Thanks for listening. And remember, if you got value from today's show, please spread the love by clicking subscribe, leaving a stellar review, and telling everyone you know. And join us next time on The Sarah Centrella Show.